Debtor's Discharge Key concepts in bankruptcy include the debtor's discharge and the related fresh start. Discharge is available in some but not all cases. For example, in a Chapter 7 case only an individual debtor, not a corporation, partnership, etc., can receive a discharge. The effect of a bankruptcy discharge is to eliminate only the debtor's personal liability, not the in rem liability for a secured debt to the extent of the value of collateral. The term in rem essentially means with respect to the thing itself, for example, the collateral. For example, if a debt in the amount of $100,000 is secured by property having a value of only $80,000, the $20,000 deficiency is treated, in bankruptcy, as an unsecured claim, even though it is part of a secured debt. The $80,000 portion of the debt is treated as a secured claim. Assuming a discharge is granted and none of the $20,000 deficiency is paid, for example, due to insufficiency of funds, the $20,000 deficiency, the debtor's personal liability, is discharged, assuming the debt is not non-dischargeable under another bankruptcy code provision. The $80,000 portion of the debt is the in-rem liability, and it is not discharged by the court's discharge order. This liability can presumably be satisfied by the creditor taking the asset itself. An essential concept is that when commentators say that a debt is dischargeable, they are referring only to the debtor's personal liability on the debt. To the extent that a liability is covered by the value of collateral, the debt is not discharged. This analysis assumes, however, that the collateral does not increase in value after commencement of the case. If the collateral increases in value in the debtor, rather than the estate, keeps the collateral, for example, where the asset is exempt or is abandoned by the trustee back to the debtor, the amount of the creditor's security interest may or may not increase. In situations where the debtor, rather than the creditor, is allowed to benefit from the increase in collateral value, the effect is called lien stripping or paring down. Lien stripping is allowed only in certain cases depending on the kind of collateral and the particular chapter of the code under which the discharge is granted. The discharge also does not eliminate certain rights of a creditor to stoff or offset certain mutual debts owed by the creditor to the debtor against certain claims of that creditor against the debtor, where both the debt owed by the creditor and the claim against the debtor arose prior to the commencement of the case. Not every debt may be discharged under every chapter of the code. Certain taxes owed to federal, state or local government, student loans, and child support obligations are not dischargeable. Guaranteed student loans are potentially dischargeable, however, if the debtor prevails in a difficult-to-win adversary proceeding against the lender commenced by a complaint to determine dischargeability. Also, the debtor can petition the court for a financial hardship discharge, but the grant of such discharges is rare. The debtor's liability on a secured debt, such as a mortgage or mechanics lien on a home, may be discharged. The effects of the mortgage or mechanics lien, however, cannot be discharged in most cases if the lien is fixed prior to filing. Therefore, if the debtor wishes to retain the property, the debt must usually be paid as agreed. See also lien avoidance, reaffirmation agreement, note, there may be additional flexibility available in Chapter 13 for debtors dealing with oversecured collateral such as a financed auto, so long as the oversecured property is not the debtor's primary residence. Any debt tainted by one of a variety of wrongful acts recognized by the bankruptcy code, including defalcation, or consumer purchases or cash advances above a certain amount incurred a short time before filing, cannot be discharged. However, certain kinds of debt, such as debts incurred by way of fraud, may be dischargeable through the Chapter 13 Super Discharge. All in all, as of 2005, 
There are 19 general categories of debt that cannot be discharged in a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and fewer debts that cannot be discharged under Chapter 13. Valuation and Recapitalization When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. In a corporate or business bankruptcy, an indebted company that files bankruptcy is typically recapitalized so that it emerges from bankruptcy with more equity and less debt. During this process, many debts may be discharged, meaning that the company will no longer be legally obligated to pay them. Which debts are discharged? and how equity and other entitlements are distributed to various groups of investors, typically turns on valuation issues. Bankruptcy valuation is often highly contentious because it is both subjective and important to case outcomes. The methods of valuation used in bankruptcy have changed over time, generally tracking methods used in investment banking, Delaware corporate law, and corporate and academic finance, but with a significant time lag. Entities that cannot be debtors The section of the Bankruptcy Code that governs which entities are permitted to file a bankruptcy petition is 11 U.S.C. Section 109. Banks and other deposit institutions, insurance companies, railroads, and certain other financial institutions and entities regulated by the federal and state governments, and private and personal trusts, except statutory business trusts, as permitted by some states, cannot be a debtor under the Bankruptcy Code. Instead, Special state and federal laws govern the liquidation or reorganization of these companies. In the U.S. context at least, it is incorrect to refer to a bank or insurer as being bankrupt. The terms insolvent, in liquidation, or in receivership would be appropriate under some circumstances. Status of certain defined benefit pension plan liabilities in bankruptcy. The Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, PBGC, a U.S. government corporation that ensures certain defined benefit pension plan obligations, may assert liens in bankruptcy under either of two separate statutory provisions. The first is found in the Internal Revenue Code, at 26 U.S.C. Section 412N, which provides that liens held by the PBGC have the status of a tax lien. Under this provision, the unpaid mandatory pension contributions must exceed $1 million for the lien to arise. The second statute is 29 U.S.C. Section 1368, under which a PBGC lien has the status of a tax lien in bankruptcy. Under this provision, the lien may not exceed 30% of the net worth of all persons liable under a separate provision, 29 U.S.C. Section 1362a. In bankruptcy, PBGC liens, like federal tax liens, generally are not valid against certain competing liens that were perfected before a notice of the PBGC lien was filed. Bankruptcy costs. In 2013, 91% of U.S. individuals filing bankruptcy hired an attorney to file their Chapter 7 petition. 
The typical cost of an attorney was $1,170. Alternatives to filing with an attorney are, filing pro se, meaning without an attorney, which requires an individual to fill out at least 16 separate forms, hiring a petition preparer, or using online software to generate the petition. The U.S. Bankruptcy Court also charges fees. The amounts of these fees vary depending on the chapter of bankruptcy being filed. As of 2016, the filing fee is $335 for Chapter 7 and $310 for Chapter 13. It is possible to apply for an installment payment plan in cases of financial hardship. Additional fees are charged for adding creditors after filing, $31, converting the case from one chapter to another, $10.45, and reopening the case, $245 for Chapter 7 and $235 in Chapter 13. Bankruptcy Crimes In the United States, criminal provisions relating to bankruptcy fraud and other bankruptcy crimes are found in Sections 151 through 158 of Title 18 of the United States Code. Bankruptcy fraud includes filing a bankruptcy petition or any other document in a bankruptcy case for the purpose of attempting to execute or conceal a scheme or artifice to defraud. Bankruptcy fraud also includes making a false or fraudulent representation, claim or promise in connection with a bankruptcy case, either before or after the commencement of the case, for the purpose of attempting to execute or conceal a scheme or artifice to defraud. Bankruptcy fraud is punishable by a fine, or by up to five years in prison, or both. Knowingly and fraudulently concealing property of the estate from a custodian, trustee, marshal, or other court officer is a separate offense, and may also be punishable by a fine, or by up to five years in prison, or both. The same penalty may be imposed for knowingly and fraudulently concealing, destroying, mutilating, falsifying, or making a false entry in any books, documents, records, papers, or other recorded information relating to the property or financial affairs of the debtor after a case has been filed. Certain offenses regarding fraud in connection with a bankruptcy case may also be classified as racketeering activity for purposes of the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, RICO. Any person who receives income directly or indirectly derived from a pattern of such racketeering activity, generally, two or more offensive acts within a 10-year period, and who uses or invests any part of that income in the acquisition, establishment, or operation of any enterprise engaged in, or affecting, interstate or foreign commerce may be punished by up to 20 years in prison. Bankruptcy crimes are prosecuted by the United States Attorney, typically after a reference from the United States Trustee the case trustee, or a bankruptcy judge. Bankruptcy fraud can also sometimes lead to criminal prosecution in state courts, under the charge of theft of the goods or services obtained by the debtor for which payment, in whole or in part, was evaded by the fraudulent bankruptcy filing. Bankruptcy and Federalism On January 23, 2006, the Supreme Court, in Central Virginia Community College v. Katz, declined to apply state sovereign immunity from Seminole Tribe v. Florida, to defeat a trustee's action under 11 U.S.C. Section 547 to recover preferential transfers made by a debtor to a state agency. The court ruled that Article I, Section 8, Clause 4 of the U.S. Constitution, empowering Congress to establish uniform laws on the subject of bankruptcy, abrogates the state's sovereign immunity in suits to recover preferential payments. Social and Economic Factors In 2008, there were 1,117,771 bankruptcy filings in the United States courts. Of those, 
744,424 were Chapter 7 bankruptcies, while 362,762 were Chapter 13. Apart from social and economic factors such as education and income, there is often also a correlation between race and bankruptcy outcome. For example, for personal bankruptcy claims, minority debtors had an approximately 40% decreased chance of receiving a discharge in Chapter 13 bankruptcy. These racial disparities are aggravated by the fact that many minority debtors lack appropriate attorney representation. Personal bankruptcy. Personal bankruptcies may be caused by a number of factors. In 2008, over 96% of all bankruptcy filings were non-business filings, and of those, approximately two-thirds were Chapter 7 cases. Although the individual causes of bankruptcy are complex and multifaceted, the majority of personal bankruptcies involve substantial medical bills. Personal bankruptcies are typically filed under Chapter 7 or Chapter 13. Personal Chapter 11 bankruptcies are relatively rare. The American Journal of Medicine says over 3 out of 5 personal bankruptcies are due to medical debt. There were 175,146 individual bankruptcies filed in the United States during the first quarter of 2020. Some 66.5% were directly tied to medical issues. Critical Illness Insurance Association Report June 2, 2020. Corporate Bankruptcy Corporate bankruptcy can arise as a result of two broad categories, business failure or financial distress. Business failure stems from flaws in the company's business model that prohibit it from producing the necessary level of profit to justify its capital investment. Conversely, financial distress stems from flaws in the way the company is financed or its capital structure. Continued financial distress leads to either technical insolvency, assets outweigh liabilities, but the firm is unable to meet current obligations, or bankruptcy, liabilities outweigh assets, and the firm has a negative net worth. A company experiencing business failure can stave off bankruptcy as long as it has access to funding. Conversely, a company that is experiencing financial failure will be pushed into bankruptcy regardless of the soundness of its business model. The actual causes of corporate bankruptcies are difficult to establish, due to the compounding effects of external, macroeconomic, industry, and internal, business or financial, factors. However, some studies have indicated that financial leverage and working capital mismanagement are likely two of the major causes of corporate failure and bankruptcy in the U.S. Largest Bankruptcies The largest bankruptcy in U.S. history occurred on September 15, 2008, when Lehman Brothers Holdings Incorporated filed for Chapter 11 protection with more than $639 billion in assets. Alternatives to Bankruptcy a Texas divisional merger is a process allowed by Texas law in which a company can create a separate company to take over liabilities, with the existing company operating normally. The new company, with a different name, can locate in a state such as North Carolina where bankruptcy laws are different, and then declare bankruptcy, paying less than the original company would have. The latest case of a Texas divisional merger was by company, Johnson & Johnson. Recently, J&J has been hit by thousands of lawsuits by women claiming that J&J baby powder, containing talc, caused their ovarian cancer. While the company has held that their products do not cause ovarian cancer, they lost many cases and a lot of money. This is what led them to perform a Texas divisional merger. They split their company, putting all talc liabilities on the new company, and keeping all assets within the original. This halted all cases by women with ovarian cancer, and has been seen as controversial since it keeps women from receiving compensation from Johnson & Johnson.